What if there was a different way to live and work? Beyond the hustle and hype. Beyond the never-ending race to get more, do more, be more. A way that's grounded, intuitive, intentional, and in line with your deepest, truest self. You're listening to Wellpreneur with me, your host, Amanda Cook. Together, we'll explore nature-based personal growth for high-achieving women. I invite you to plant your feet on the earth, slow down, tune in, and get ready to create a life of meaning and magic. Hello, and welcome back to this week's episode of the Wellpreneur Online Podcast, episode 63. I'm your host, Amanda Cook, and thanks so much for taking time out of your busy week to spend it with me and talk about growing our wellness businesses online. One of my favorite topics, digital marketing. Absolutely love it. So if you were with us last week with episode 62, you know that I started a spring cleaning your wellness business series. So last week we talked all about how to spring clean your website. And this week we're taking it one step further and we're talking about how to spring clean your email list. Ah, your email list. So what is your reaction when I say your email list? Do you get a sense in your body? Are you like, yeah, my email list, that's awesome. That's how I keep in touch with my peeps and how I make sales and how I communicate and get people to come to my events and buy my programs? Or are you like, ooh, email list, ooh, I should start one of those. Or are you like, oh, email list, and you feel really awkward and uncomfortable about it because you don't want to be spamming people. I know that for some reason, the idea of having an email list can bring up a lot of icky feelings for a lot of people. Which is kind of funny, actually, because our email list is probably number one, the best way to stay in touch with people who are interested in our businesses. But I think because we all get so much email, and especially because there's people that just do email really badly in a really scammy, icky way, it can just make us feel like, oh man, nobody wants to hear from me. I feel like I'm bugging people when I send them my email newsletter, all of that stuff. And we need to stop that today in our spring cleaning. So that's what we're going to talk about in this episode, along with a bunch of fun little tasks that you can do to clean up your email list and what I'm doing to clean up and simplify my email list this spring. So as you know, just a couple of weeks ago, I was in Turkey on a slow food tour, which was just so blissful. Again, on my Instagram, I shared loads of photos. We went to like this olive oil producer that I told you about a couple episodes ago. We went to this lovely organic farm run by this young couple who, as they've only had the farm for a couple of years, and they're producing these amazing sheep's milk cheeses that they raise the sheep and she makes these cheeses by hand. Oh, we had so many olives. We had so many wild wild food and oh, what else? Oh, this amazing like smoked eggplant something. And it was just incredible. But another thing we did during the slow food tour is one of my very favorite activities to do when I'm traveling, which is going to markets. So I am completely obsessed with going to markets, even just food markets. And my husband teases me that, you know, I'm going to see the same oranges again in in a different country and like jokes, you know, why would I be interested in doing this anyway? But I don't know. I find it so interesting to see like all the different foods and how they're presented and what's emphasized in different markets around the world. So what I totally loved in Turkey on this trip was that there were so many wild greens in the market. Like we're talking about whole tables filled with green 
Like for you, all of you, you know, especially the health coaches out there, this is incredible the amount of greens people were eating. I think at every single meal, I had like four or five different kinds of greens and not just greens like we would see like kale or spinach. These are like wild greens. So this little market in Junda Island where we were staying, there was this little like pretty small market just in the city square. So maybe there was like well, maybe there was like 20 20 different vendors and they were just heaped with greens. So there were just baskets of this really thin, like these little thin, tiny stalks of wild asparagus that were like all tangled up in each other. And then there was huge heaps of stinging nettles and also of dandelion leaves, right? This is just awesome. This is stuff that is just all around us. And we just think of them as weeds. Like how many of us are just spraying toxic chemicals on dandelions and killing them? Not me, because I love dandelions. They're super amazing as food and medicine. But most people don't know that. So they just kill them with weed killer. But in Turkey, people are actually wild harvesting these dandelions and selling them in big heaps in the market to cook down for greens or to use in your salads. And I loved that too about the nettles because stinging nettles are something that we have in massive abundance here in England. And I'd love to see that in Turkey, they're still using them as food because actually stinging nettles are totally delicious. I make um, stinging nettle pesto and nettle soup and nettles are just literally everywhere in England. So it's anyway, I think it's, it's really cool that they still have this tradition in Turkey that they're actually eating these wild greens. Because I think, as you know, all greens are so cleansing for spring, right? But I think there's something special about wild food because it has to be a bit feisty. Like it has to just grow on its own in imperfect conditions and it kind of grows where it wants to. And it's a bit more, I don't know, a bit more spirited, you know, it's a bit more like tough and ambitious and it's a bit wild. And so I think that there's something definitely in eating that food that it kind of incorporates that quality into you as well. I think that's it's really nice to incorporate some wild food into your diet. You know, like we all try to incorporate, or many of us try to incorporate some raw food, at least every day. You can incorporate some wild food too, which is really cool. So anyway, while I was in Turkey and we were out in these markets and they were amazing. And then we also did a whole bunch of foraging with some locals there who knew all the plants and they were just running around, like just picking all sorts of crazy stuff that we cooked up into all sorts of types of greens, greens with eggs and greens sauteed and greens steamed and greens baked into breads and like, oh my gosh, greens everywhere. We even had green almonds, like the almonds nuts. I didn't even know this was possible, but you can take green almonds, like just as they're growing in the tree before they've hardened into like a hard nut. And you can just eat them whole, like the fruity covering around it. This totally blew my mind. I'd never even heard of something like green almonds. Anyway, so as I was there in Turkey having all these experiences, I really thought back to this book about the magic of the magic art of tidying and her simple question, does this bring me joy? And seeing all of those wild greens and just going to markets and experiencing the traditional food of this region brought me such deep joy. And it just reconfirms to me why I'm designing my business in this way. For me, it's super important to have freedom, I think is my number one top value, and also to have location independence because I just absolutely love traveling. It really brings me deep joy, not all the time, but to travel pretty regularly throughout the year. And having that sense of when you something brings you joy and you really acknowledge it, like, yes, this is bringing me joy. I think it's really good for resetting our inner compasses and just saying, 
So you know, ah, right, this is what good feels like. This is what yes feels like. Because then it helps you recognize when you don't have that feeling. Because with that feeling of joy or yes, there's like a click, right? And you just know it's right. Whereas everything else, you're kind of like in your head trying to rationalize it or convince yourself around to why it's a good idea. Do you know what I'm talking about? So like you just know when something's a yes, but when something's a no, you kind of think, well, I guess that could be okay because, mm, and you start to justify it to yourself. So let's bring this back around now to our email lists. So think about your email list. Does your email list bring you joy or do you get an icky feeling? So really check in with yourself. How are you feeling about your email list? And if you're not feeling great about your email list, why is that? Is it because you're worried you're going to spam people because you think you don't have anything interesting to say? Is it that you feel guilty that you actually haven't emailed your list very recently? So you're feeling guilty about that? What is the root of that feeling? Now, for most things in your business, pretty much everything I say, you can do whatever you want. So you can just, if you don't like it, just throw it out. With your email list, my philosophy about online business is really centered around the email list, that that's the best way to keep in touch with people. So I would recommend that you don't just decide to throw it out yet and you see if you can reposition or restructure or just change your approach to your email list so that you can start to really love it. Because your email list is such a good way to keep in touch with your audience. You know, people are busy. So everyone, you know, they might come across your website. They think it's really awesome, but then they just go on their way and they're, you know, doing their own thing, going on BuzzFeed and like just (laughs) going on social media, doing all the stuff we do and they forget about you and they don't remember to come back to your site. And that's why having an email list is so important because it lets you contact them. So the next time you want to get in touch with them to tell them about your amazing program or to get more coaching clients, you can just email them. You don't have to just put something on your website and hope that they come back across it. So the first thing I'd like you to do in this spring cleaning is really do a gut check about your email list and where is it that your, your email list feels out of alignment with you and your business and where you're at right now. And just write that down. And that's something that then we can work on as we go through the rest of this process. Because I do think that if you're feeling guilty and icky about your email list, that's going to show up in your emails. So people are going to sense in how you're writing that you're not really that enthusiastic about it or that you're feeling kind of bad or that you're putting out this energy like you're bugging them. And none of that is going to result in good results for you from your email list. So we really want to shift your energy around that so that we're loving our email list and we're giving our audience tons of love through our email list. So it's the best way for them to keep in touch with us. So as part of this spring cleaning your email list, I've got three different areas that we're going to look at with your email list. So number one is where do people sign up for your email list? So let's just do a quick check in to how are people getting onto your email list? Do you have forms on your website? Do you have forms on your Facebook page? Is there other ways that people are getting into your email list? Like maybe you're bringing a sign-up list, a sign-up sheet if you're doing in-person talks. Just do a quick little audit about where are all the places that people are signing up for your website and are there any other places you need to add? Like, for example, you definitely should have a sign-up form on the front page of your website, but you might also consider some sign-up forms on your about page or also on your blog or even beneath your blog posts. That's been a really high converting spot for me to put them at the end of my blog post. So once somebody's read the whole post, then they can just opt in right there. 
So we want to take a look at where are all the places that people sign up and get a sense for, you know, do these forms feel right and are they in the right places? And is there something else you should be doing in terms of offering people options to sign up for your list? Okay, question number two to ask yourself for spring cleaning your email list is why are people signing up for your list? What is your offer? So why would they want to be on your list? What are you offering them that would make them want to sign up? If you're not offering anything, or if you're pretty vague about what you're offering, you might see that in the fact that you're not getting that many people to join your email list. So that might be something that would be really good to work on this spring is to work on a new offering, some sort of, you know, free download or so they might get like an, a meditation or an ebook or a little mini course or a free video. What are they going to get in exchange for signing up for your email list? This is actually one of the topics that I'm most excited about. I just love coming up with these free offers that are going to provide tons of value out to your audience, but also encourage them to sign up for your email list. And I've actually created a whole course around this called First 1000 Fans, which is not available right now. But if you'd like some help planning your email opt-in, feel free to, you can just get in touch with me through my website and we could do a power session on that. But you definitely want to take a look at why are people signing up for your list? And what are you giving them in exchange for that? Because that can really drive the number of opt-ins that you get on your list. Now, point number three to look at for spring cleaning your email list is your contact plan. So how often are you contacting people on your email list? Now, let's be honest. There's probably two different numbers here. There's probably like how often would you like to be contacting people? So what's your plan? And then honestly, how often are you actually contacting people? I think there's no need to say you're going to do a weekly newsletter if that just feels like too much or if it doesn't feel right for you. Then do it every two weeks or do it twice a month or do it once a month even. But consistency is actually really important. So just be gentle with yourself and see what was your initial plan for how you were going to contact people and then how's that actually worked out for you. And maybe this spring you can change your frequency so that it actually works with the rest of your life so that you don't have to feel bad about it or see it as a burden to do to send emails to your list. Now, if you're a little bit more advanced and you've got your email list set up, you might also consider creating an autoresponder, which is an automatic way to keep in touch with people. These are really awesome, actually, because instead of having to just send an email every single week that you have to write every week, you can pre-write in advance a whole sequence of emails and configure them, and they're automatically dripped out to people based on when they sign up. So you could have an email that goes immediately when someone signs up, and then two days later, and then one week later, and then two weeks later, and then three weeks later. So that's maybe like a five-part autoresponder. So anytime anybody signs up, it doesn't matter when it is, they're going to get put in that sequence. So they'll get the first email, and then two days later, they'll get the next email, and then the next week, they'll get the third email. This is really awesome because it nurtures people. It helps them feel like really paying attention to them and you're giving them this valuable information and you're helping move them along the path to where they might want to work with you and they get it exactly when they sign up. And it's actually, after you've created it, no extra effort for you. So that's called an autoresponder. And the easiest way to get those is in a pre-done, like in an email marketing program. So for years, I used a program called Aweber and they've got a really good autoresponder. 
But just recently, I switched over to MailChimp, which is was such a big move for me, actually, because I've just been like the biggest AWeber fan and recommending them for years. But to be honest, what finally tipped me over into MailChimp was that their mobile responsiveness, they're just really awesome at having their emails look really good on mobile devices, on phones and tablets. And so I actually took the leap and switched over from AWeber and it's been really good. So both of those programs, if you pay for a membership to those programs for a monthly subscription, then you get access to an autoresponder. And once you've got your email list up and running, it's a really nice thing to play with, actually, to help people feel a bit more engaged with you when they join your email list. Okay, so for everybody listening, here's the three things that I want you to do to spring clean your email list. One, take a look at where people are signing up and where you might need to change or add new opt-in forms. Two, take a look at why do people sign up and what is your offer? What are people getting in exchange for signing up for your list? And number three, take an honest look at your contact plan. What did you plan to do in terms of emailing people and how often are you actually emailing people? And be honest and find a frequency that works for you this spring. Now, I'd like to dive into a few other more advanced tips for people that are already established with email marketing, just because I think it's really fun. And these are the things that I'm personally doing to my list this spring. So first of all, I want you to go in and take a look at what lists you actually have. I know in AWeber, I had like 15 different email lists and it was really getting out of control because every time I'd set up like a new opt-in, I would create a new email list. And that was one thing that was so nice for me when I finally migrated over to MailChimp is that everything got into one list. Well, actually two lists. I've got a vintage Amanda list and I've got this Wellpreneur online list. And it's so much more simple. It's really good. And I have a much better handle on the number of subscribers that I have. So definitely take a look at how many lists you have. Who's in those lists? Do you really need that many lists? And is there a way you can consolidate? Also, if you've been doing this a while, you'll also want to take a look at your opt-in offers. Do you have old opt-in offers hanging around? Like I did. I had all sorts of crazy things in these different lists that I'd created over the years. And after you have left your email list running for a while, you kind of almost forget what's running in it. You know, what actually is involved in your opt-in? So it can be worth it to actually go sign up for your own list again or go and look through that sequence and just get a better handle on What offers do you actually have out there running? And maybe you might even come across an old offer that you can start promoting again, which is always super exciting when that happens. Okay, the third thing I'm going to be doing is cleaning out old subscribers. So if someone hasn't opened any of your emails for like several months, generally I'd say six months to be kind of cautious, that if you've been regularly-ish emailing, so if you've been emailing at least once a month, You can run a report and pull those people that have not opened any of your emails in the past six months and honestly, just unsubscribe them. Just delete them and let them go. I know email lists, it can be like a big ego thing to be like, ooh, I've got like this many thousand people on my email list or this many hundred people on my email list. But really, if they're not opening your emails, what's the point, right? If you're paying for a subscription, it's just costing you money to have more people in your list that aren't responsive. I'd much rather have a smaller list that opens my emails, that reads them, and that engages with me much more than having thousands of people on my email list just to say that I have thousands of people, but not to get any engagement. So you might want to go through and clean out your old subscribers. Now, if you have not been emailing regularly, 
I would start instead by emailing them regularly for a couple of months and then just putting a reminder in your calendar to go back and clean out those people that haven't been opening. And the last thing I would check, it's really worth it to send yourself one of your email newsletters and view it on a mobile phone. How does it look? Can you still read it? So looking at it on something other than a desktop, because at least for my audience, I know so many of us are reading emails on our phones and you just want to make sure yours looks good. If it doesn't look good, you want to look for a mobile responsive email template. And if you go to a system like MailChimp, they've got lots of those that you can use. They're automatically mobile responsive. But you could also have somebody design one for you. And I'm sure there's so many email programs out there. I'm sure they provide that too. You just want to look for mobile responsive emails. Okay, so to wrap up this episode, I want to give you a little challenge. I want to challenge you to think of how could you re-engage with your list this spring. So we're not just talking about mailing your list or growing your list. I'm talking about engaging with your list, getting them to actually talk back to you, to start to have a conversation. That's where it gets actually really fun to have an email list because you can ask questions and people reply. So think about what you could do that would really bring you joy. What would be joyful for your email list? What kind of question could you ask? Maybe you could just ask a question in an email and have people hit reply and answer it to you. Maybe you could send them a survey that you put together in SurveyMonkey to find out more about about them and what they're struggling with and what they're working on and what's most important for them right now. Maybe you could do a little offer to do like free 15-minute phone calls with 10 people from your list, for example. So think about what would feel really good that you can ask them to start to engage with them. That's my challenge for you this week. How can you engage with your email list? I want you to think of how you can engage, make sure it feels really good, and then send out that email this week. It doesn't have to be some big, complicated, thought-out thing. It can literally be just as easy as sending a little note to let them know what you're up to this spring. And then in bold, just ask them a question and say, hit reply and let me know, blah, 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 and then ask your question. Now, most people aren't going to respond, but some people will, and that is awesome. And when you get those responses, make sure that you write back to them. Not only is this building engagement in your email list, but it's a lot more fun to know that there's actually real people out there on the end of those emails that are actually reading what you're having to say. And their responses will also give you super valuable insight into what your audience really wants to learn from you. So I hope that's given you some food for thought in terms of how to spring clean your email list. I could go on about email lists forever. I absolutely love this topic, but we'll just bring it to a close this week. So this was episode 63. So if you want to get the show notes or leave a comment or see any of the links we talked about in this week's episode, head over to wellpreneuronline.com slash 63. And this is the second in a three-part series. So next week, we're going to be talking about spring cleaning your offerings, and it's going to be a good one. So have a great week. And yeah, I will see you back here with the next episode. Mm